Hey everyone, before we get into the episode, I want to give a really quick shout out to John over at uh, Skeleton Rose Media. He was originally in this episode, but due to uh, some mess ups with Skype, it cut out his audio. We were really bummed out because he gave a lot of really good input in the movies, and we're excited to get him on again sometime, but definitely go show him some love. Uh, he writes some great books, he writes some great music, and he's a really cool guy. We also did a artist spotlight with him a while back, and we had some really good conversations with him. So check him out. John, we love you. We'll have you on soon. Welcome to another episode of Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Sierra. I'm Erica. I'm Kyle. And tonight we are doing a very special New Year's Eve episode where we cover horror musicals. We'll be discussing the film Repo, the Genetic Opera, and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Enjoy! I think we need to do a PSA what? on why Dylan's not on so that they okay. don't think that you murdered him. Okay, so before we start... <laughs> Sierra murdered Dylan. Before we start, Dylan's not dead if... If you listen carefully, he'll yell in the background. <laughs> that was Dylan. He's uh, currently tied up. Dylan hates musicals with a burning passion. Uh, so he he decided that he was going to sit out on this one and let uh, us take the reins. So we're, we're going on without our fearless leader. This is how rebellions start, Dylan. I'm afraid of a lot of stuff, okay? Well, thank you. <laughs> All right, well, with that being said, let's get right into Repo the Genetic Opera. By the middle of the 21st century, organ failure had become a worldwide epidemic. But GeneCo was there to satisfy the demand for organ replacements. The problem is, if you miss a payment, Geneco sends out the Repo Man. And when he finds you, your time is up. Uh, this film was released in 2008. It's directed by Darren Lynn Bosman, and the music was composed by Terence Zedunik. Um, who also plays the grave, rob- grave robber. So in the year 2056... Um, the not-so-distant future, an epidemic of organ failure devastates the planet. Out of the tragedy, a savior emerges, Ginkgo, a biotech company that offers organ transplants for a price. Those who miss their payments are scheduled for repossession and hunted by the villainous repo men. In in a world where surgery addicts are hooked on pain-killing drugs and murder is sanctioned by law, a sheltered young girl searches for the cure of her own rare disease, as well as information about her family's mysterious history. After being sucked into the haunting world of Jean Co., she's unable to turn back, as all of her questions will be answered at the wildly anticipated spectacular event, the Genetic Opera. Was that beautiful or what? High five, guys. All right. Um, I personally thought this movie is fucking cool as hell. Like, it's, I think that this does fit in very much with a horror genre, which is funny because I feel like musicals, it's hard to actually make it scary. Yeah, I think that this uh, movie definitely fits in with the horror genre. Uh, it's very gory, um, very dark, and I would even say almost gothic. 
It is. No, it absolutely is. Um, It's very, it's just an interesting concept. It's not something that you see every day. You know, it's completely a different style from Rocky Horror, which we're going to be covering as well. But it's a very dark spin. Because when you think of musicals, like I'm They're like, usually like Sound of fun. Music. I mean, yeah. that had its own dark, yeah, sound of dark really shit going on. Dark. But um, it's just different. It, it really is. And I think it's an interesting concept, especially for horror, because it, they're, they're taking it and then they're adding music to it. And they're kind of lightening up something that was, you know, very dark themed. Mm-hmm. But even the music, even with the music, it, I, I do agree that it does lighten the, the feel of the film. But at the same time, the music is extremely dark. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's like you said, it's got a lot of those gothic um, feels to it, and it's it is a very dark movie. Mm-hmm. All those repossession scenes are really are fucking really cool. Sick, They're yeah. sick. They're all, I like the one where he shoves his arm up the guy, and he's talking with him like a puppet, and then he like it, halfway through it too, it like it like clicks with him, like oh my god, this is so fucked up. What am I doing? Like it's like he switched because the guy is a very. Um, uh, Nathan Wallace, who is yeah. the repo man, he, you know, it follows him as a father, and it also follows him doing his job as the repo man, stealing organs from people. It's like, he goes in between, like, this, I'm the father, I'm very sweet, I'm caring, I love my daughter, to, like, this, like, very evil man, very dark, and, like, so, um, during that scene when he's singing that song and he's, he's doing his job, it's like, he's singing this song, he's playing this guy like a puppet, and then he, like, clicks with him just then and he's like oh what the fuck am i doing like this is bad like i don't like doing this job yeah. and it's starting to take hold of me you well know? i think it, it it shows really though like great character development in that sense that he was very torn about it and you see two honestly two totally different characters and like, he does his voice change like everything about him changes which heads up he's the guy from buffy Yes. If you haven't seen it. Um, and it, it's just, it's interesting to see that because he's going from this very, like, protective, loving father to essentially, like, a murderer. It's like when you find out your parents don't do good things when you grow up. Like, you you're like, realize, like, oh, my parents might not have been a good person when I was little. Huh. Weird. <laughs> you know? Odd. It's, like, ruined. <laughs> I guess maybe Unless that, would, you're a hit, that, that might be like a really great way to control the um, serial killers in the community. Like, you can kill these people. This is okay. <laughs> this is acceptable murdering. Designate them, yeah. Yeah, like, hey, you, you, you like to kill people? Okay, stop killing those innocent children and come and kill these people that aren't paying. But, I mean, it, like, I'm not saying that it's right. It's not. You should not be re- repossessing no, but... people's organs. Um do you guys have any favorite scenes that you like in this movie? How about Kyle? Kyle hasn't fucking said anything. Kyle, do you do you remember aspects of this movie? Like, what do you... I'm putting him on the spot because he hasn't watched <laughs> it in a while and he hopped on. It's been a few years. Yeah, yes. it's been a few, few years. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it today. Yeah, I know. Did you... Okay, so you remember that the girl from Spy Kids is in it. Yeah. Okay, so you know that scene where she, like, flips out and she's like, I'm going to be a badass little punk bitch. And she starts playing that song when it's like 17. Was that Joan Jett in the background? Or was that like a look? It was actually Joan Jett. Was it? Yeah. I saw her and she like, I was like, like watching it's like, that's Joan Jett. That's gotta be Joan Jett. But I wasn't 100% sure and I didn't really look into that too much. But like, she like looks at the girl and she like nods at her and she's like playing the guitar. And the girl's like being a little bitch ass like teenager. And then her dad smacks her ass down. That's right. Don't act like that to your parents, dude. If I talk to my parents the way she did in that one, mm mm. No. Do you want to just go ahead and get your Texas Chainsaw reference out of the way? Oh, for this yeah. Episode? Bill Mosley makes an appearance in this film as Lu- uh, Luigi 
Largo, <coughs> which uh, his character is very strange and creepy, which I guess fits Bill Mosley perfectly. Good job, Bill Mosley. Slide into those DMs. I wish, yeah, yeah. He's the brother that's like, there's that song where they're ta- where he like says something to the effect of, uh, if there's a hole, I'll fuck it. If there ain't one, then I'll make one. And then he like stabs a bunch of bitches. Yeah. He's a fucked up person. And he's like, he's like, tell, yeah, he's like telling them like, oh, you know, it's the mark it up. Yeah. Dun, 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 mark it up. That song. And, uh, yeah, he's just killing people. He's like telling them like, put this over here. And then like, as they're doing it, he's stabbing them and then like throwing the body parts. So, okay. So, Repo... I don't know it, how far you guys looked into it. Repo is supposed to be the middle part of a three-part series. So it's the first one that came out, and what they were supposed, what, what they're supposedly still attempting to do, to my understanding, is they're going to make a film that's a prequel and then one that, that takes place after Repo. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like a hundred. There's not a lot of information on the other films that they had planned to make or maybe still planning to make, um, but. All I know is that they're out, that they there are concepts for them, but I don't think that the exact concepts are released at this point. I think something that's super impressive about this film is that, I mean, musicals have a lot of songs, typically. Yeah. This film in total, including instrumental songs, has 58 songs in it. Really? Yeah. That's a lot of fucking songs. 58. I wonder, I, I, what I'm thinking is that they're counting every reprise. Because a lot of the background music comes in and out, and it's like, so it'll start, and then you'll hear it a few scenes later. So I'm thinking that they're probably counting every reprise with that. So in that case, it's probably less. But, I mean, there's literally music in every aspect Almost of Almost every, yeah. I don't think there's a single spot where you do not hear music in some way. Um, this movie also connect has a similar connection with Rocky Horror in that it started as a stage play. Uh, it only it didn't run very long, but it was in two thousand and one, and it pl- and you could see it in L A. and New York. Um, that makes sense. So it didn't go like it wasn't as big as, as Rocky, Rocky yeah. was when it came out. But I mean, I think it's cool that there is a connection there between these two films, being that they're such different styles of musicals, but they do have some similarities there. The funny thing is, is that like after I, I had watched it earlier today, I had tried to find the soundtrack to listen to um, this morning. And there's a version, and it's, like, redone, and it sounds really funky. Like, it doesn't sound like the songs in the movies. In like, the movie? Typically, when you listen to a soundtrack, it's, like, cut from the movie. So, like, okay. Yeah, I know the song. Um, I On Spotify, if you look up Repo, the Genetic Opera, there is an album that comes up. But it is not the songs the way that they were in the movie. And it's not, mo- it's not even the majority of the songs. I think it's only just, like... A couple. Like, 10 or 15, maybe. But, um, I thought that was really weird. And then, like, the ones on YouTube has a lot of songs missing, too, in it. Like, I couldn't find, um, like, the biggest song in it with Amber Sweet when they're singing about the Zydrate and being addicted to surgery. Um, I couldn't find that on YouTube. Can we just talk about the angels that is Paris Hilton? Yeah, you go. (laughs) Okay, okay, I'm not a huge fan of Paris Hilton, but she does appear in this movie, and I honestly, I think she does pretty well. I think she's pretty good. Uh, It kills me that the clothes that she wears in the movie are her real clothes. She owns them. They were not costumes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't surprise me, for one. I don't know. And for two, (laughs) I, like, listening to this, 
it was the best version of her voice because yeah. even her talking voice is like fucking affects my soul. But like, but that's the thing though too is when she talked in this movie, it was like, oh god, shut up. Like, there's that scene where um, after she got the uh, like backstreet surgery yeah. that fucked up her face, and she goes into her dad's uh, office and she's like throwing a fit, and she's like, they, they this is the worst surgery I've ever had. Like, whatever. Like, she's, like, that whiny bitch Paris Hilton that you remember from that sitcom she had, yeah. like, six years ago, 600 years ago. It's so fucking... I can't stand her. I'm sorry. I just really can't. But, no. yeah, I mean, like, if if it wasn't... Like, if you didn't know it was Paris Hilton, you'd probably be fine with it. But, like, just knowing it's Paris Hilton, it's, like, there's this, like, this little part of me that doesn't want to like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the role definitely fit I think, her and I how think people was, perceive her. But I think it was really fucking cool for her to do something so off the beaten path for oh, yeah. her. Because this isn't what I would picture Paris Hilton's style being is like a No, but she was also yeah. so desperate to be a celebrity outside of a fucking was, reality yeah. show that I think she was just, you know, willing to do anything at that point. And I think it was a, it was a way for her to bridge a gap to a different type of, um, like, a different uh, group of people. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, for the most part, she... Teen girls watch that shit, you know? Mm -hmm. Who watches it? Like, who watches this? Like, you know, horror fans or people who really like musicals. It's more of a gothic movie. So I think it was just her way of trying to weasel her way into a different group of people. You can definitely tell that they're going for a comic feel. Like, I mean, when the movie opens, you're looking at comic, um, like, comic strips to start the story. So they definitely are going for more of a comic feel with the style of movie. And, like, you can feel it throughout the whole thing. And they don't do that comic, the comic strip aspect through the entire, like, it comes up uh, a couple times, but it's not, like, it doesn't, like, focus on that for too long. But you can definitely feel, even when it's just the normal parts of the film, that it you can feel comic in it, you know? Like a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. It's very, um, very like, uh, Sin City-ish without yeah. being, like, exactly like Sin City, yes. It had a lot of that feel to it without obviously, like, completely jacking the idea, but, um, very graphic novel-y, which, yeah. I mean, Sin City did, and they did it well, and I think that for this... Um, it was like an interesting little touch. I mean, it, it added a little bit of a visual art to something that obviously is a more melodical art. Obviously, it's a, you know, a musical. <laughs> I love that scene where her face falls off. Yeah, and like mainstream yeah. as hell. I definitely don't think that she pulled in any any sort of viewers to the, like. The, no, was nobody, I don't think anybody was, was transitioned was like, to oh, it. Oh, I love Paris Hilton. I definitely need to watch Repo. Like, that's not how it's going to work with this movie because it's a very specific. Like, there's going to be very specific people who like this kind of movie. Um, hands down, this is one of the best, like music wise. It's amazing. Like the music. This, yeah, in it's it amazing music. Is, killer like they did a phenomenal job with um with you know uh, it's catchy music yeah, in everything's general like catchy, the music's catchy it has a great yeah. sound um hands down my favorite is the uh grave robber i fucking mm-hmm. love any song he's in he's a fucking killer he's amazing i love blind mag oh yeah i you know what though she's like the voice of gene co like that's how they market her and i think that to her voice is not the like uh, i don't know like she it's fine but it's like to me it doesn't like do much for me but, like, visually, Blind Mag is gorgeous. Yeah. Cool. She wasn't originally considered for the role. Um, they had someone else. I can't remember who it was. It was, like, a more mainstream actress. And um, they, because of budgeting, they couldn't afford to pay her. So they took this. They, 
Like, she was like the st- like, they oh, okay, settled. I'll come in. Yeah, they settled for her. I so, think it's I a mean, good fit, though. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, she's she's phenomenal in the film, and she's beautiful. Especially with those eyes, they're, like, haunting. She's very beautiful. And she did, she was amazing in the film. Um, her character was super cool and, and had a really interesting backstory. Um, but... Yeah, she wasn't originally considered for the role. Who was? I want to know who was. Dylan, can you fact check for a friend? Uh, here, I'm on. I'll check it right now. <laughs> I'm not. Who was the original uh, choice to I'm play Blind it up Mag right and Right now. Hold on. Oh, it was also her first appearance in film. So there you go. No, see, it doesn't say who the actress was. It just says that there was an actress, but she, um, due to the low budget, the actress dropped out. And Sarah Brightman was chosen. It doesn't specify who it was. How lame is that? I don't fucking know. Fuck you, IMDb. If you're not interested in this genre, you really can't review it because you're going to review it biasedly. Because it, it, it's very rare that you find somebody who's seen it. And when you do it, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that one. That's good. I think it was kind of ballsy of them to use the budget that they used for a movie that was so targeted to a specific audience because the yeah. budget was like eight million or eight mm-hmm. and a half million. I mean like but but like watching it they did really well with it. But it was like almost I I hate when there's like a lot of like CGI and shit and it's like obviously like almost everything yeah, like, but um, I, environmentally I, was CGI because it's futuristic, and they have a very specific view of what the future is going to exactly, look like. Exactly, so but I don't use. think that it took away from no, this. No, I think no, no, because it, they gave it that con- that, that, that graphic novel vibe. I, I, th- I honestly think it all, like, the 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 reason why this movie was able to, to be made and, and be viewable is because of they went with a musical. I think that it would have been a very successful... If they went straight horror with this, this movie would be fucking terrifying. I think. With that style of filming, yeah. I think that this movie overall is way more of a horror movie, honestly, than than the Repo Men. And that's saying something, considering this movie is literally, it's a musical. But I just, I think that with Repo Men, they could have done, I think that Repo in general, musical aside, whatever, was just a way better film, even though it wasn't as high budget, it wasn't as mainstream, uh, it had lesser known actors in it. I just think that overall, it was a, a, a better movie. And I think that the concept is such an interesting and original concept that they could have done so much more with Repo Men than what they did. Mm -hmm. And I think that they could have made it a real horror classic without the musical aspect of it if they really pursued it. But instead, Mm -hmm. I think it's more of like a futuristic thriller, if you would, with some horror undertones. Yeah. Yeah. Ratings? Ratings! I'll start ratings and we'll just go, me, you, Kyle, we'll yep. just go the same so we stick to our, um, you know, what we're getting used to. Um, I absolutely, I cannot say how, like, I cannot go on about this movie enough. I think it is such a good film. Um, I wish that it was um, known more than what it is. I think that everybody should check this out. Uh, obviously, not everyone's going to love it because it is very specific. Um, but if you do like um, like rock operas, this is like right up your alley. Definitely check the it out. Rock opera. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think everything about it was great, and I, and I like how it picks fun at society and where society is going. I, I think that that's a huge theme in this whole movie. Is that you know, I think it's rather spot it's on. Yeah, yeah, it is, and, and then that's the thing is that I think it. I think that this is a true true fear of where where the human race is going. 
Um, do I think it will get to this extent? God, I hope not. But, you know, I can't tell the future. Um, that means Adam, I got a new job. <laughs> <out of t> <laughs> <laughs> Kyle's going to be a repo man. Um, out of 10, I would definitely give this movie like a 9.2. Really high. I really like it. I guess I'm going to have to take take Dylan's job of calculating this shit. Where's the calculator? Not so easy, is it? If I ever become a repo man, I will take someone's face and wear it like Leatherface. Yeah, but then you have to pay for that face. I will pay for it. I'm a repo man. I have a job. I got money. Yeah, but I'd rather spend my money on utensils. But... Utensils? Like like knives and Good shit? Good carving knives. You're fucked up, Kyle. Doesn't say anything. The real Kyle's coming out. Um, so my turn, I'm going to go with a, I'm going to give it an 8.9. Wow. Um, I really like it. I think it's a solid movie. Um, it's by far one of my, well, It and Rocky Horror are like my favorite musicals because I really am not a fan of musicals. I'm going to be honest. Musicals, um, except I do like love Grace. Phantom of the Opera and I've seen it live and it's amazing yeah. and it's, it's awesome. But, um, it's. It's a solid movie. I mean, I think that it it took a really, really interesting concept and it put it together in a very artistic way that while it reaches a very specific audience, it is completely enjoyable. And if it's not your typical, like, you know, if musicals aren't your thing and you're not interested in it, it it's definitely something to still take a look at because I think it would really change your mind about them. Yeah. Um... And I think that it's it's the same thing for Rocky Horror, and we're going to touch that too, but I, I think that this, it, where it lacks is that it just doesn't have the following that Rocky does, because mm -hmm. I think that it could, and I'll touch base on this when we get going, I think that it could be something that you could have a lot of fun with in the same way that people have fun with Rocky. Kyle? I'd give it an eight. What'd you like about it? <laughs> <laughs> I love putting him on the spot. I know, I know that you didn't watch it recently and you can't remember, like, the specifics, but... Well, the thing is, as you talk about it, I remember more and more, but... He, she's, You're very I think quiet he's super nervous. <laughs> I'm not really nervous, I just don't remember the whole movie. You know, he kind of sprung this on me today. Yeah, I know. I'm an asshole. It's okay, he'll talk during Rocky Horror, guys. Did you give it... Just give us a number, though. Like, he gave what? it an eight. Oh, you Thank gave you. it an eight? Oh, look at you go. I'm sorry. Stop telling Dylan to fuck himself. <laughs> sorry. Erica keeps going to, to Dylan, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I don't, I think, I'm pretty sure Dylan's fucking with Erica. I don't know what's going on. He jumped up the stairs and did this to me, and I saw it. It was oh, right there. The the fingers thing where you have to look at it. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. He crawled up the stairs. He was on the floor, and he got me, and I fucking hate it. Awesome. Let's see what our average rating is. Erica, figure that shit out. So, so we have an average Horror Haven rating of nine. a 9.1? 9.0. 9. 9. 9. 9.0. 9. We have a 9.0 right there. And Dylan's not here, so I did insert finger guns in case anybody was wondering. So and if you're listening, you got to take a shot right now. So, yeah, take a shot if you drink along with our podcast. We try to announce every time Dylan does finger guns so that people can make it into a drinking game. That's our goal. Our, our real goal in life here is to get a Horror Haven drinking game. Yeah, if but, it doesn't um, happen, we're sad. I don't know. I just want to say, though, that I am, like, completely floored right now that he gave this movie a fucking eight because he gives everything, like, a, a two. two. 
Okay, well let's let's find out his rating. I like musicals. So now that <laughs> the truth musicals. comes out, yeah. do you really? Dude, me and Everybody Kyle were raised. Musicals. Me and Kyle were raised the fuck I like on all musicals. musicals. How old were we when you watched Rocky Horror Picture Show, Kyle? Like, like four? four. I just learned something <laughs> new about my own husband. You didn't know he liked musicals. <laughs> She's a like, dude. I know that he, like, I, I, not like, he just made it sound like he's ready to get dressed up and go see, like. Okay, do you like Grease? Yes. Do you like Grease 2? Yes. Do you like. Well, I didn't like Grease 2 really that much. I like Grease 2 because that it has the reproduction. Dude really me off, I like but... the reproduction song. Do you like the producers? Yeah. Phantom the of the producers? Opera? Producers? I've seen Phantom of the Opera. I don't think I've seen producers. Have you seen Les Mis? Les Mis? Yeah. No. Lame, oh, we're gonna have to watch see, that now. If you like musicals, we're gonna have to watch that is, I'm not It's got get, Hugh Jackman in it. Let's get to Rocky oh. Horror. You've seen all kinds of movies, but you've never seen anything like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is wonderfully weird. They're probably foreigners with ways different than our own. It's fabulously freaky. It's a trip to transsexual Transylvania. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay, before we jump into the film Rocky Horror, I am going to discuss what came before the film. Um, in 1973, they started a stage production, uh, which was called the Rocky Horror Show. They took out picture because it wasn't a picture show. It was just, just a show. Um, before the stage production started, they initially were going to call it, they came from Denton High, which they did not. Um, so we'll get into the movie. I just wanted to, um, bring it out there that there was a stage production. It was pretty big in England. Princess Diana loved it and she loved, um, Tim Curry. The main characters did come over, so um, Patricia Quinn, Richard O'Brien, Tim Curry, and I can never remember the girl who played Columbia's name. Hold on. I have it written down. Nell Campbell. They all came back for the movie. Um, Rocky was a different was a different actor, and um, like all the Transylvanians were, you know, and Meatloaf, obviously, and Susan Sarandon and Brad. The reason they brought in Susan Sarandon and Barry Boswick was because... When they were making the film, they got offered, if they used American actors, like bigger American actors, they would get a bigger budget. And the guy was like, listen, I'm going to meet you halfway. I'll take two American actors for Brad and Janet, but I'm going to keep everybody else. So they got like a midway budget. They didn't get the big budget they were initially going for. They got like slightly smaller, but it wasn't as small as not using any known American actors. But before we jump too far into the film, I'll do a, a really super short synopsis on it. A newly engaged couple have a breakdown in an isolated area and must pay a call to the bizarre residence of Dr. Frankenfurter. So, there you go. Uh, This movie, to to go in a little bit more, uh, follows Brad and Janet, which they, in the beginning, they get married, or they get engaged at a friend's wedding. They decide that they're going to go see... Which is super shitty, guys. Don't do that shit. They waited until they left. They waited until they left, so they didn't take any attention away from the bride and groom. So, I guess it was all right. But um, uh, they decide they're going to go see Dr. Scott, which is the teacher that introduced them, their professor, their science professor that introduced them. Um, on the way, they're tight. They get a flat. 
it breaks down. They end up in Frankenfurter's mansion, and um, yeah, Frankenfurter's funky, and all his friends are funky, and they, yeah, so. That is the general... Party hard. <laughs> I, I'm trying to be a little... Yeah, they, they party a little hard. Um, and uh, pretty much it follows them through the night at Frankenfurter's castle. Does anybody disagree with that? No. That's Perfect. what happened. I mean, why would we argue that? Yeah, I didn't want to go too far into like, everything and ruining it. Oh, movie. yeah. This was an acid-induced um, fucking this trip. This entire movie... Hold on. Okay, so the movie was written by Richard O'Brien, who also plays Riff Raff, and that's pretty common knowledge if you're a big fan of this movie. Pretty much where the inspiration from this movie came is all the sci-fi and B-horror films that he watched growing up, um, which is why the first song, Science Fiction, um, that opens with the lips, that is that literally talks about like the the, the general movies, because it actually doesn't really go in. It's just like really the Invisible Man is... The only universal one that I saw right off the front. Um, yeah, they talk about the day the Earth stood still, Flash Gordon, the Invisible Man, King Kong, it came from outer space, Doctor X, Forbidden Planet, Tarantula, the day of the Triffids, Curse of the Demon, and when worlds collide. Um, so there's, mm-hmm, yeah, so it's it's the same general style, but it wasn't the actual Universal Company. But he, that's pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much where the the whole inspiration for this film came from. And initially, the whole transvestite <coughs> aspect of the movie was not supposed to be as center stage as it was. Um, that wasn't his initial thought with it, but it just, um, while writing it, it kind of just became that. This movie's a total cult classic. I don't think there's a person in the world, well, no, there probably is, but, a lot. but it has a huge following. Uh, it's really well known. It was released August 31st, 1975. It was directed by Jim Sharman, who actually suggested the title change from They Came From Denton High to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, Fun fact there. Uh, It stars Tim Curry as Dr. Frankenfurter, Susan Sarandon as Janet Weiss, Barry Boswick as Brad Majors, Richard O'Brien, Riff Raff, Patricia Quinn as Magenta, and Nell Campbell as Columbia. This is hands down one of the fucking most memorable movies I've ever seen, and like I have, I find it really hard I have, for like, anybody. To... You know how like when you when you're talking about like we do this every every week, you know. So we talk about the movies, and a lot of the times we get into conversation the first time we watch this movie. I can remember almost every time I've watched this movie, like, and I've watched it tons of times, probably yeah. hundreds and hundreds of times, and it's like. I have specific memories of being little watching it, being a teenager watching it, being just out of high school watching it, watching it this year, a couple months ago, you know. It's one of those movies um, that is just, it sticks with you. you watch it, you want to participate. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, today (laughs) I was listening to the soundtrack all day Mm -hmm. and fucking dancing and singing. Like, I can quote this movie from beginning to end, right down to the last when Susan Sarandon's singing Touch Me that she makes in random parts where she just goes, <laughs> I, like, can fucking go through this script and just go through it, you know? Well, one of one of my favorite things about this, and I think, obviously, it's because it's such a huge uh, cult classic, is that there are a lot of theaters that will do... Um, the midnight showing still. The midnight showing still, but, like, we've... Around. We've gone to the one in Raleigh. Uh, here, we've gone a couple times, and when you go in, so, like, it's, like... I don't know, like four bucks to get in. Mm-hmm. And um, you can buy a bag of shit. It's what it's called. And it's mm-hmm. a brown paper bag and it's got uh, a lighter in it. It's rice. got a roll of toilet paper. It's got rice. It's got a newspaper. 
Does it have hot um, dogs? Some of them do hot dogs to throw out Frankenfurter when you first see them. There's there's a couple different ba- like couple different things. There's like cards, mm-hmm. um, and you can get like upgraded ones that have different shit too. But like midway through, everybody strips down. Like everybody in the audience, you can strip down. You do an underwear run on the inside. So like you'll be sitting there, and the movie's playing. And while the movie's playing, they they have actors and not real actors, like people that volunteer. To play different characters. And they acted out while the movie's playing behind them. And then these, like, everybody in the crowd, they'll just stand up and strip down. And they just start running around all around you just in their bra and underwear. Do you know how the midnight showings from this movie started? So initially when this movie came out, they they put it in normal showtimes. Like, early afternoon, early night. Or, like, mid-afternoon, early night showtimes. And it bombed. So they started doing midnight showings, and it was, like, getting popular that people were going to midnight shows. Um, and that's where the movie got its, like, it started to snowball into, like, this big... Like, a really popular thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny. There's a bunch of different... There's, like, a shit ton of different versions of this film. And not that, like, the majority of them are, like, the same running length. But, like, there's a song in the end that's cut out from in the American version, from the UK version, which is Super Superheroes, which... The one that I have has that song on it. There's a few American versions that have that, but the majority of them, that last song was cut out. Um, There's also a version, which I also have, which the movie is in black and white up until the time warp, and then it goes into color. It's called the Wizard of Oz version. Uh, I want to say that's the first one I've seen. I didn't see that on the internet either. That's like when you were on, when you put the DVD in and you click on the special features, it's like uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show Wizard of Oz version and you click on it and that's what they do. It starts in black and white and then as soon as um, Riff Raff opens the door in the castle, it turns to color. So um, there's that version. Um, there's a couple versions where there's no time warp. Uh, the original stage production never had the time warp. <laughs> Uh, it was only a 40-minute stage production, and they added it into the movie to make it longer, which I think is funny because that's, like, the most famous scene from the film is the time warp, I would say. It's a scene that everybody knows. Yeah, and that's the only time, That's the only line dance that I'll do at weddings is <laughs> <laughs> the time warp, and nobody ever plays it. Like, it's very rare. And to this day, it this movie has the longest, not only the longest stage um, running, this movie, this since this... Stage production started, it has never stopped. Like, it's been different people doing it, but it's continuously been a stage show. It's also continuously been in theaters. It's never stopped. So this is, this has the record for not only the stage show, but also the theaters. It's huge. It, and and it, it, that's the thing, is that when you say Rocky Horror Picture Show, chances are six people around you are going to be like, I love that movie, you know? It's not like Repo, where, like, you'd have to convince somebody to watch it. It's like, they'll probably fucking start singing the time warp at you and scare you a little bit. <laughs> They'll be like, or you'll get the oh, that's the one with the transvestite, right? <laughs> the the guy who played it, right? The clown guy, he's in it. Yeah, I mean, that's Tim him. Looks the same um, in every movie. When they did the stage production, Tim Curry initially gave Frankenfurter a German accent, but then he decided that it would be funnier to give him like uh, he his his accent was inspired inspired by his mother and Queen Elizabeth. Like a really proper English accent, he said that he it just he thought it was funny to give that to the transvestite. Yeah, so that's why that's the way that that is. Fucking Meatloaf was fucking. I feel like he played Meatloaf because Meatloaf's fucking nuts. 
Like, I feel like he just played himself, Meat you know? Loaf. Every, every movie Meatloaf's ever been in, he's been Meatloaf. Do you guys want to hear a funny Meatloaf There's story? There's just always been a crazy side to him, and that's who Meatloaf is. Do you guys want to hear, like, the best Meatloaf story <laughs> ever? I was watching this interview, like... Me and Dylan, I was like right when I started dating Dylan, so I was probably 15 or 16, and we were watching an interview on TV that, it was Meatloaf, and he's like, I lie a lot, like I lie about everything, but I'm going to tell you a true story really quick, and we're like waiting, and he goes, ah, I got a Volkswagen Beetle dropped on my head once, and I picked it up with my, with one hand off of my head, and he's like, that's true though, and I was like, "Mm, no, (laughs) that's not true. <coughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think that this is one of the funnest fucking movies ever. It's such a blast to watch. It's so enjoyable. Um, I don't think there's a single scene in it that I don't like. There's not a single song I don't like. It, it gives you that almost universal monster movie vibe while being a comedy. Like, it's like, um, um, kind of like Young Frankenstein, how it's a parody of those oh, older yeah. movies. You know what I mean? It's like me. It's like picking fun, but not in a like in a respectable way. It again is another one that is its completely own like genre. Like we, you can say that it's horror. It's got horror aspects, or it's got. I mean, would I classify it as a true horror movie? No, no I wouldn't. No, um, but it, as far as like a, a horror musical, I definitely think that it kind of. It fits that. It's just got. I mean, it's just different. It's so different, and I think. Yeah, and I I think that that's what really made it such a cult classic is because it's completely different. Which going back to the whole Repo thing, I I think Repo would have been more of that had it tried doing similar things to Rocky Horror, like like the humor, yes, but I think that if it, you know, they did like presented it more like Rocky, so did, like, those midnight viewings, or mm-hmm. did... I, I think that it would have, yeah. um... It would have kind of uh, spiraled into... I don't think it would ever get yeah. as big as Rocky. I think Rocky, I think Rocky is, is obviously film. It is, and, um... I, it's just, you know, like, for me, I remember watching it the first time, and it was just, like, one of those things where you're like, dude, what the fuck did I just watch? Um, but it, it, it's so, it really is catchy. And like, I remember driving around with your sister and listening to, listening the, to the it, like blaring. Yeah. And, um, that was a really fun Halloween, dude. We got fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> is that the one where she was like kissing dudes out the car window? Yeah. <laughs> that was that Halloween. Kyle, what was your favorite song? What's your favorite, like, scene and song in this movie. If you scene? say ti- if you say time warp, I'm gonna smack you. No, Pick a different one. What's your favorite what's your favorite part of this movie? When Frankenfurter kills Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I love Meatloaf, that was like the best part of it. I feel like And then um, they serve him up for dinner. Hey Erica, do you wanna throw out a, an interesting fact we found out from Chunky Larry about Rocky Horror and something that we didn't know about it? Oh, that there's a sequel? There's a sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show. There is a sequel to Rocky Horror. And none of us have watched it. No, I watched part of it and I don't think... Really? I I didn't watch any of it and I know you haven't, It's called Shock Treatment? Yes, it is. It's it's not bueno. (laughs) We're going to have to check it out. It's not. I watched... I think I watched three or four musical numbers from it and it's like... It's like, have you, do you ever watched a movie and you just are like, it just, no, it's just like, you're like watching it and you're just like, this is ugly. (laughs) Like watching it, it's just not nice. 
Like, it's just ugly. Like, really, like, not appealing visually at all. Like, the colors and, the, like, and I think that's the problem. I don't think it has anything to do with the music or the acting. It's, like, the sets. I don't like. I would have to watch it to judge it because, you know, Ed, me and Dylan are both big on the whole color schemes of shit. Yeah, so, so you know, like, it's not I in a good like way. I feel like when it comes really to cold weird. classics, they should Don't remake it. To, don't make another yeah, one. They should never make another one. Which, speaking of remaking it... Fuck you for making a live version of it. Like, it was not good. I, I didn't did watch not it. like it. I, I accidentally watched it, just like I accidentally watched the Dirty Dancing one. Dumb. Fun fact. Every year on Halloween, I beg Kyle to go as Frankenfurter, and he shuts me down. Dude, no. Okay, in high school, in high school, Kyle Kyle was willing. He told me he would. Uh, no, I said I'd dress up like a... Rocky? Rocky? Meatloaf. Oh yeah, Eddie. That'd be funny. Yeah, that'd be Eddie. We should we should I do also, a Rocky Horror Party. But I, I'm not graceful in heels. I'm a, I'm a heavy person. My favorite song. You're not graceful in heels. heels you say are... that like you've tried that out. Definitely have you been have. wearing there, the shoes? Definitely have. I've had some odd moments in my life. I've done your makeup before. It was before the. He beer. looks just like Sarah when it he was, has makeup on. It was you're wondering, man and woman. <laughs> Are you I second beautiful? that. I give that. Are you beautiful as a he woman? He looks just like you. Yeah, but with his beard, it just don't work. It don't work with the beard. When he was when he was a fresh faced marine, he could pull off. When makeup, he was like I'm a baby, sure. little baby. Um. Also, I like to refer to Murphy, Sarah, and Dylan's dog as Riff Raff. Yeah. <laughs> 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 My poor dog. Just letting you guys know, as a female. I walk like a fucking linebacker in heels, so yeah. that's why I don't I wear like, them. And I'm also okay. like six two. So. When I wear heels, if they have like ankle support, I'm golden. If they're just like no ankle support, like a baby giraffe, shuff, and you're like golden and shit. I just like scoop my feet up and down, and like everyone's like, "Stop dragging your feet!" I'm like, "I can't. I'm gonna die. I'll die." <laughs> he's strong. Like he, he he's a, his. I think um he portrays his character so fucking well. It, like that walk is the first fucking thing you see from him when the elevator comes down and he's stomping those heels and you can just see the heels and it's like Brad against the elevator. I did not watch this, by the way. Just so you know. I did not rewatch this. I haven't watched it in a year. That scene when Brad is like on the ele- like against the elevator and he like just hears the stomping behind him and like sweet transvestite starts and he's like, How'd you do? I see you met my that part. He turns around and he's just stomping those heels and you're like immediately like, what the fuck? This is like an Amazonian woman. No, it's not. It's a man. And he's strong as fuck and he's rocking those heels. And that corset. I'm now, and those fish I'm just letting you know, I'm now picturing Pennywise's head on, on <laughs> Frankenfurter's body. They got the same makeup artist. <laughs> you're right. Dude, don't you love when he does the anticipation part, that anticipation, and he like hits that P like... Oh my god, so good. It's such a good introduction. Like, it's it's such a strong introduction to the character of Dr. Frankenfurter. Like, it's like, hey, here I am, this is me. Fuck off, you know? Dude, and then he's like, at first he's like wearing the, um, the gown. Um, like the surgical gown and he takes it off and you're like, oh no, no, it was the cape. He's wearing like a cape and he takes it off and you're like, you don't know exactly what's on under the cape. And then it's like, fucking, like, f- female lingerie fishnets and like six inch stiletto heels you're like holy fuck man you do you you know he's a confident woman and he even says it in the song um in sweet trans of estate he says um i'm not much of a man by the light of day but by night i'm one hell of a lover like you're so fucking confident in yourself like you go you know another thing to know about dr frankenfurter he's not human he's a transvestite alien from the planet transsexual 
in the galaxy of Transylvania. That is the character Frankenfurter. He's not a human. He's an alien. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess if it's, like, normal. Because, like, at the end when Riff Raff and, and Magenta decide that they're going to, um, they're taking control. They're sick of doing what Frankenfurter's doing. And they're ready to go home. They're in heels and lingerie, too. So, I mean, I'm assuming it's just a norm in their galaxy or on their planet. It's normal. You could definitely see, too, towards the end of the movie, um, like, nods to those older monster movies, such as King Kong, because there's the part after Magenta and Riff Raff comes in and they're shooting laser guns at Frankenfurter and he's climbing the curtain and he's like, no! And they're, like, shooting him and he's, like, still trying to <laughs> climb. And it's like, and he has, like, Rocky with him yeah. and he's, like, carrying Rocky and he's trying to climb away and not die and it's like, oh my god, this is, like, King Kong right here, you know? It, it's really funny the way that they went about it and uh, it's such a good movie. It's just very unique. I mean, there is literally nothing like Rocky Horror. I mean, and other than you said, like we've we found out there is a um, a sequel, and other than um, you can tell that it's like the remake or whatever, they are completely original, and they're it's a completely original concept. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really out there too. It is. It's just it's (laughs) very very out there, and it's I don't know. It's so awesome. What do you think happened with Brandon, Brad, and Janet after this whole scenario? Like. What do you think they went on to do? They went do? their own ways. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. And they happened. never fucking talked about it. Yeah. Like, they were just like, um, okay. Like, because Janet... They were, in, they were in shock treatment, but it was different characters. They literally, um, Janet, like, seems like she becomes, like, a sex addict after fucking Frankenfurter. Because the touch, 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 touch me, when she's with Rocky, she, like, says, like, I've tasted blood and I want more and more and more, like, talking about, like... You know, doing it. <laughs> Thanks for the breakdown, Sira. <laughs> so she like she like liturgies like she's like this is good and I'm gonna keep doing it. Do, do you notice the um, first scene at the wedding that Tim Curry, uh, Richard O'Brien, and Patricia Quinn were in? Oh, and Nell Campbell. Uh, so Columbia. Magenta, Riff Raff, and Frankenfurter were at the wedding. Um, the Reverend was Frankenfurter. And then you'll see Riff Raff and Magenta are recreating the um, portrait of, like, the farmer and his wife. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. And then Columbia is, like, a spinster who's at the wedding. Like, she's like, looks like a crazy, like... "Mm -hmm." What they said is that they're meant to play different characters. They're, like, it's just supposed to be, like, funny that it's the same actors. Like, it's just, like, a ha-ha thing. Um, And they wanted to laugh at the... The comparison of the farmer, like they thought that was really like they got a hoot out of it. Somebody, somebody did some serious fucking drugs. Well, well talk to Richard O'Brien. He wrote it. We're gonna have to discuss this. It is the seventies. Everybody did drugs back then. You're right. Oh, that's a good game. Who would you be at the midnight showing if you had to dress up? We're all gonna take a turn. Erica, who would you be? I go as Magenta. Magenta. Uh, you know what? I thought that you would say that. Kyle, who I would just you? Told you, riffraff. Riffraff. I think that I, if I could go, like, anybody, I would probably definitely go Columbia, because I know all of her lines. You know, possibly I'd go as Eddie, but they wouldn't let me drive my Harley into a theater or something. No, they might. For for midnight showing? Hey, Um, when you go to these, they let you have lighters, so, I mean, if you can have lighters again inside, why not a motorcycle? Yeah, they do. I mean... Yeah, but you get arrested in those situations. (laughs) I think... And bail's not a fun thing. 
I think that we should start wrapping up our conversation, but before we do, I'm thinking we can all go through and say our favorite musical number, and then we'll go into ratings. We talked about favorite musical. What's your... Did everybody thought, go through? No, I think you did, though. You asked Kyle and Kyle. No, I didn't Kyle, your favorite musical number. Be good. Yeah. I'm going to put the Jeopardy music in the background. What, what, what's the one with the Damn It Janet one? Did Damn It Janet. That's what it's called? Yeah. yeah. I love you. Yeah. Uh, Erica, favorite musical number from Rocky Horror? Science fiction. Science fiction. Mine is Wild and Untamed Things. I figured you were going to go with Time Warp. No, my favorite, my hands down, my favorite is Wild and Untamed Things. It is so fucking fun to listen to, uh, and it gets you going. So yeah, ratings, here we come. Did I go first? I went first, and you than him. Nope. Uh, so it is. I thought it was yeah, me. you're right. It, it was is. Me, we went you, order. Him. Yeah. Okay. So um, I fucking love this movie. Like anybody who knows me knows I love this fucking movie. Um, it's phenomenal. It's a cult classic. Which is this is probably like the only movie that. Other than Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where I'll be like, it's a cult classic. Because it is. And probably Psycho. But it, it, it is. It is a legitimate cult, cult classic. It has a huge following. Um, you know, it's the only movie that I can think of that have the midnight showings that are, you know, the crowd, the crowd is involved. You know, there is almost a stage presence there. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's a really cool way to com- combine stage performance with theater, like movie theater, you know. Um, the music is so catchy, like, from the beginning to end, I can listen to every song and be pleased with it, you know, there's nothing that I need to skip, and it's just really creative and fun, and and I'm gonna give it a 10 out of 10. All right. Um, I, too, am gonna give it a 10 out of 10, actually. Um... I, I really love this movie. I think that everybody has some sort of memory of watching it, and it's so unique and original. Um... While I don't feel it is a horror movie, um, and if I had to judge it, obviously, based on whether it was horror or not, it would be significantly lower I think than it's that. more of, like, a dark um, comedy music- Yeah, so, I mean, musical. just going off the movie itself, the movie is a 10. It's so fun. And if you've never gone to a midnight viewing of it, go. go. It is seriously, it is so much fun. Like, if you go go out to dinner beforehand, have a few drinks. Some of them do a dinner theater. Some of them yep. will feed you. Slip some liquor in and have yourself a good time because it is a blast. And if you're feeling froggy, strap on some heels and, and be rock it. For her. That, that was for the boys listening. Confidence is strap all it them. takes Fellas. I will tell you this though, it takes creatures not of this world to be brave enough to walk in heels on drainage covers of any sort. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like give the guys a few tips. Don't walk on anything that has holes in it. Don't make sure if you're wearing you do wedges, have... you'll be all right. But if you're wearing like stiletto heels, like don't do it. Make sure that the bottom is not a slick bottom shoe. You will eat shit so fucking hard and probably lose your front. Don't buy cheap heels. They're gonna hurt. That's it. That's the only advice. That's it. Grass. Avoid grass. Ankle support. Ankle support. High-heeled boots are easier to walk in than high-heeled, like, stilettos. But, y'all, if you're being chased and you're about to get murdered, stilettos are easier to kick off. Yeah, kick them off. Those are your only, the, those are the, uh, this those is the advice. Those are our pointers. This is the advice. Welcome to Fashion man. Haven. <laughs>
where confidence is only a dream away. Yo, we're starting a new podcast, Dylan. <laughs> Kyle. I'll give it a 10. Yes! Holy we're shit! We're moving towards a perfect 10! F- Even if you hate the movie for what it is, the aspects of the movie are just that damn good. It's so fun. You're going you're gonna to enjoy something from the movie. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. You, you, you can't not 100% hate the movie. And Kyle dances Unless the time warp. Kyle dances the time warp every movie. time it's on. The only part I remember from this movie... I'll make you Sarah. a man. Sarah has made me watch it so many times. All I know is that Susan Sarandon gets the best dick of her life. <laughs> and that's literally all I can tell you about this movie. Did you there hear you that? <laughs> Susan Sarandon gives it a 10 out of 10, too. <laughs> 10 out of 10. She's Nobody's allowed dead. to cut this portion you know, out. Patterson, you know, give him an inch. They want seven more. <laughs> Goddamn. Just keep, just keep. Oh, my God. Dylan. Wait, hold on. Watch this. Watch this. Dylan, what's your rating on Rocky Horror? Four. So Kate, that gives that us, gets that gets cut out though. We're not we're not adding that in. That gives stuff. us an official horror haven rating of a ten. A perfect ten. Which we've only awarded to three films: uh, Never Hike Alone, Creature from, the Black Lagoon. Creature from the Black Lagoon, and now Rocky Horror Picture Show. So yeah, it's um, up in it's in our Hall of Fame. We're gonna wish everybody a happy New Year. Yes, happy New Year, everybody! Thank you for making. This last year so fucking yeah, memorable it's been and awesome. awesome. Um, and I hope you keep all your resolutions. Or if they suck, don't keep them. Fuck it. But if you're not keeping them, cancel your fucking gym membership so you're not being charged monthly for nothing. Exactly. And with the new year is new episodes. So uh, tune in next week. We're going to be starting our decades month. And we're going to be starting out with the 1960s with Psycho and Carnival of Souls. Have a great night. Have a good night. Later.